I'm Heidi. And I'm Nicole. I'm Nicole's mom. And now I'm also a mom. We created this podcast to talk about all the joyful, beautiful, and sometimes awful parts of motherhood. We aren't experts, but we do have experience. Our goal is to talk about motherhood IRL. That means in real life, mom. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. And thanks for joining us in our motherful adventures. All right, welcome back to the Motherful Podcast. Today we have Adriana, and um, she's a friend of Nicole's, a friend and neighbor. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Adriana, and then we're going to ask some quick questions. Adriana Morgan Howard is a wife to a tall British man and mother to one 11-month-old boy, Quinn, who is two-legged, and a two-year-old golden doodle, Odie, who is four-legged. <laughs> Although she tries her best, cooking is not her strong suit, and she often opts to go, go get takeout or bake a frozen pizza. <laughs> she will never turn down a Mountain Dew and can be found eating a toasted Pop-Tart with milk every night about 11 p.m. <laughs> the rule, sleep when baby sleeps, still applies to her today, even if there are dishes to be done. That's what hu- husbands are for anyway. So welcome to our podcast, Adriana. Yay! Thank you. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. excited. Thank you for asking me to be part of it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Adriana was the other half of my inspiration for this podcast. We had Savannah on at the very beginning, and Adriana was my other friend that was going through everything at the exact same time. So, All right, let's do some lightning questions. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. So here's the first one. What is a mom fail that you can remember? Now, you guys don't have as many as I do, but try to think back to the last year. <laughs> I was going to say it like puts me into the future because I'm like, I know there will be m- worse ones than what I've experienced, <laughs> like leaving your kid at the grocery store or something. <laughs> but I never did that. I never did that. But <laughs> but I really, I was like thinking one that I remember is... Um, I went down to the dog park, which Nicole's familiar with because we go there all the time. And I literally live right down the street, but I drove because I was lazy. And I (laughs) took my baby and loaded him up in the car seat, got the dog in the car, drove down to the dog park and was holding the baby while the dog was playing. And when it was time to go, I went and put Quinn, just sat him in his car seat and then went to get the dog to collect him because you have to (laughs) use your hands. It's hard with a baby. And so I went and grabbed him and I put him in the car and I got in the driver's seat and I had to go across town and I was like leaving the neighborhood and I don't know like what triggered me to remember this if I like had looked back into my infant mirror or what but I realized I didn't ever buckle Quinn into his car seat and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) pulled off to the side (laughs) of the road and went back and buckled him in and luckily I wasn't like onto the parkway or somewhere that was going to be a lot more dangerous to like pull off and get out to buckle in yeah I was just like, and he'd like, slump, you know, he was like a couple months old. And so he'd kind of slumped down, you know, in the bottom of the car seat. You know? <laughs> that was good that you did remember, though. <laughs> I know. I was like, never again. <laughs> yeah. Mine, I kind of had a hard time, too. I, I agree. I feel like I, in the first year, probably don't have too many, but there's, I'm sure there's a lot more to come. But the one that came to mind was... One time I was playing just in the living room with Finley and she loves to play on the couch. So she was just crawling back and forth on the couch and I was sitting next to her, probably like watching Netflix or something. And she fell off the couch 
and I was sitting right next to her and I was like, oh my goodness, like, I'm so sorry. I feel so dumb. Like I wasn't paying attention enough to catch you and I'm sitting right here. And literally <laughs> five minutes later, the exact same thing happened again. And I was like, seriously, like five minutes <laughs> twice in a row. Like, how could I let that happen? I just felt really dumb and really bad. She was, she was really mad at me. <laughs> Okay, so mine, Nicole knows the story of this, but mine was when I was um, playing softball at the park and she was in her car seat and I went to walk away and we went to go get into the car and I was kind of like swinging the car seat, like full on, you know, straight arm swinging the car seat and it swung back. And then I'm like, Oh, it's light all of a sudden. And she had just like flipped out down on the grass. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt really bad because obviously she wasn't buckled in either. So that was oh my goodness. That was the first mom fail that I really recall. That um, that was twenty six seven years ago. That's but funny. I'm sure there have been many many more since then that I just kind of put out You've, of my memory. Yes, try to forget those. <laughs> try to forget them. <laughs> okay, so the second question is, um, what is something that you absolutely want to teach your child or children? Like, this is something that they will learn no matter what. Um, I, I want them to learn just how to love themselves. And I don't even know how I'm going to teach that yet because I look back and I feel like my parents did a pretty good job, but it also still took me a very, very long time for that for myself. And mm-hmm. I just feel like you can give so much more if you're comfortable like with who you are and you're not too worried about what you're doing, like you're able to just give more and be kind. And like, I feel like it applies to a lot of other things I want them to learn to be good people. But if you can love yourself and just be comfortable with yourself as you are, you can give a lot more. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. Mine kind of goes along with those same lines. I want them to be able to love other people no matter what, like even people who are totally different from them or people that they don't agree with. So just one example of this, I remember one time I was talking to a friend and we were talking about gender pronouns and like he, she, they, like if you agree with that or like if you don't. And she said that if she came across or she met someone who wanted to be called by a different pronoun, she was like, it doesn't matter to me, like I'll do it. And so I asked why and she said, because I don't understand it. And I was like, that's interesting. And she goes, well, yeah, because if they, if they have that much going on, like I don't understand everything that they're going through. And if I can do anything to make that easier for them, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I just thought that was an interesting perspective. Cause I was like, Oh, you really are putting yourself in their shoes. Like you really are trying to understand where they're coming from. And I think that was kind of a turning point in my brain where I was like, Oh, I want to raise kids who are like that. Like I want my kids to be able to look around at the people around them and understand, you know, where they're coming from, no matter who they are or, you know, what their differences are and just be able to love everybody for who they are. So. Yeah. Oh, I so agree with that. That was a good example. Thank you. Mine is way less philosophical than your two. (laughs) 
I really just, <laughs> I really just wanted my kids to learn how to play an instrument, which and is also important. I succeeded. <laughs> I was say it. Te- that's a big life skill, life lesson thing. Yeah, it totally is. Well, it's more than just an instrument. I learned to play an instrument, and it taught me a lot more than just like piano. It was a lot, you know, dedication and oh yeah, like sticking to a schedule. Like it's a lot more. So it, that's a big one. Well, and. Being in the education world, music does a lot for your brain processes, and so it, um, it I believe it actually makes a person smarter to have an instrument uh, talent or at least know how to play one. So, yeah. Okay, good answers. Lastly, what is your love language? If you're familiar with the five five love languages, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I okay. love talking about love languages. I know. So do I. <laughs> My husband, on the other hand, thinks they're made up. <laughs> so that works out yeah. great for us. But mine is absolutely physical touch and quality time. Kind of if you pair those together, perfect. Oh, I didn't think Back about that. I was, I was going back and forth between physical touch and quality time and ultimately decided quality time. But the pair, both of them together is ideal for me I would say I mean quality time probably for sure I mean physical touch always seems a little like surface level but I feel like quality time absolutely but if you can also be touching me while we're doing something like cuddling or just hold my hand while we're out on a date (laughs) or like whatever going on a walk while holding hands rub my back and have a conversation with me we're good have a deep emotional conversation That was funny. Focus on me. Well, I, I kind of feel like mine might have been different earlier in my marriage, but right now it's acts of service and also words. I like to hear words too. So I'm like complete opposite of that. Yeah, I was gonna say I. It takes it's taken me about four years to even realize what my husband's love languages are because every time I've tried to bring them up, he's like, No, they're no they're not a thing. That's just a way for women to get what they want. And <laughs> it's taken me this long to realize his is like absolutely acts of service because anytime like I'm upset at him, he'll just like go do the dishes. Or I'll you yeah. know, he'll make me breakfast in bed just for the fun of it. Yes. And I'm like, Okay, cool, like I appreciate it, but yes. you know, it doesn't mean like that much to me, but like to him that's like such a big Oh my goodness, Gesture. that's exactly what my husband does. It's like anytime I'm mad, he wants to either clean the whole house or like get me Diet Coke because he thinks <laughs> that that's going to fix all my yeah, He like wants to do something to try and make it easier on you. But at the same time, I'm like, sit down and talk to me and give me a hug. <laughs> He's like, oh, but I, I did this. You know, I went and got this for you. I picked it up. I'm like, thanks, but <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so ours are opposite, so which funny. is nice. But at least we've I've, I've been able to figure his out a little more. Yeah. Okay. Adriana, let's start by having you just introduce yourself a little bit about you and your family and how you became a mom. All right. Well, my husband and I just met through some mutual friends, which is the short way of saying it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was on a little rebound from a breakup and we got left alone together in a friend's basement and just ended up making out for a few hours. And then (laughs) we kept talking after that. So it worked out. But that's oh, how we that's met. funny. <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah, actually, then, that is a good story. Ask, we're like, yeah, it's just mutual friends, but really, we just, you know, 
heat of the moment. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. We will be married four years in May, and our little boy will be month one. Or sorry, he'll be one next month. And yeah, we plan to have a baby about two years into our marriage. I I wanted to wait a little bit longer, but. Adam convinced me to not pick up my birth control one month, and I don't know why I listened, because I fell pregnant that month, so good times. But we still made it to our two-year goal, So, but it was literally a couple weeks after our two-year anniversary. I was like, oh boy. Oh, that's fun. Can't be mad about it, but I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I was a little nervous at the time, but it all works out, and we're happy to have him. Of course you are. So what do you do, Adriana? I work as a full-time graphic designer at Utah Tech University. I also own a small freelance graphic design business that I do when I end up having time. And I watch my child all the other times. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what moms do. (laughs) Yep, that is a very honest and accurate description (laughs) i'm quite stumped i'm like there's not really anything else i do i work and i watch my baby yeah (laughs) i watch tiktok and i go to sleep yep well in that case i teach piano and i sometimes do real estate if i ever have time and all the other times i'm watching my baby (laughs) (laughs) okay so did you always want to work while you were a mom like did you plan on working full-time when you had a baby I kind of did. It's a funny story because I was part-time for so long um, at the university and I was trying to get a full-time job there. It was a big like budget thing. They were like, once we have the money, like we, we want to hire you. And they ended up hiring me full-time when I was eight months pregnant. So I had one full month of oh being full-time goodness. before I had Quinn, which was nice because I got the good benefits before I had him. Yeah. But... I wish I would have had more like full-time work beforehand because I only worked a month and then I had the baby and then I went right back to full-time. So it was a lot to like have a new full-time job and then have a baby right after and then go back to that full-time job when I was still kind of in like the part-time mindset. And like, it was, it was a weird transition for sure. And I wanted to work and I kind of told them, if you don't hire me full-time before I have this baby, I'm probably not going to come back. Like, I'm yeah. going to just stay at home with my baby. If it's full-time, it's mm-hmm. worth it because I'll, you know, be getting paid more. I'll have good benefits, cheap hospital bills. Let's do it. But if not, I was yeah. like, it's going to be hard to bring myself back just part-time and and have to pay for childcare just to work part-time. Yeah. Like, why would I just not stay home? Okay, that's an interesting perspective because – I would have thought that it would be easier to work part-time as a mom, like, just, like, time-wise, like... But I think it just kind of, it's the child care, like, if you can have... Yeah. Like, if you have a trade-off with, like, a a friend who works part-time and you both just kind of do it for each other while they work, like, sure, but if you're paying for a babysitter or nanny, it's, like, everything I'm making, because I I made less hourly part-time, so it's, like, Mm -hmm. if I had to pay for someone to watch him, I'm just taking my entire salary and giving that to childcare. So why would I, yeah. you know, so that makes sense. yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was really sad. And I, I had wrote this in the questionnaire, but like I went back six weeks postpartum mostly because I, I had just unpaid maternity leave. And so I was like, 
I got to get back to work. You know, I got to make some money. Mm-hmm. But it was really hard just to, I right. hired a nanny and I was like, here's my tiny baby. I'm going to go to work all day. Oh my goodness. I just like felt so guilty. Like being like, right. baby, do you even know who your mom is? I felt like he was spending way more time. Yeah. Like his awake, you know, like when they're newborns, they're never having a wake and not awake hour. Do but- you still feel like, um, like, do you still have guilt or like, do you still feel bad about leaving the baby at home? Cause I... I have some opinions on that. <laughs> yeah, not so much anymore, I think, because I'm just, this is my routine now. Like, I'm used to it. And actually, sometimes when they're, like, on the weekends, when I do spend the whole day with Quinn, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted. I would hate doing this every day. <laughs> yes, I do feel like <laughs> that. sounds so bad. That is exactly how like, I feel. Like, of course, I love him. I want to spend all my time with him. But sometimes I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm glad I can go to work and take a little break. And it's, like, really nice to come home and I can still give him all my attention in the evenings. Like, I'm excited to see mm-hmm. him. I'm not like dead at the end of the day because of him. Like I'm ready to like, give me the witching hour, baby. I will do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there've been times where I'm like literally counting down minutes until bedtime. I'm like, is it too early to put her down yet? (laughs) I just need the nap time so I can sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have the opposite experience from Adriana because I work part-time but I also work part-time at home so I'm basically a stay-at-home mom that's trying to work while being a stay-at-home mom and it is not my favorite situation um I was thinking about this and when she was little I would try and you know teach piano with her there and I remember like I would swaddle her up and I would be so stressed about like, is she going to sleep through lessons? Is she going to start crying for no reason? Like, do I have a bottle ready for her? Like, just like so nervous that she was going to interrupt my piano lessons. And I kept like waiting for the day that she was old enough to just sit on the floor and play by herself and keep herself entertained. (laughs) And now that she's older, she definitely can play by herself, but she also loves to eat snacks and take her snacks all over the whole entire <laughs> living room. And she likes yes. to crawl on the couch and she likes to try and play the piano. And she likes to go under the bench and play with my piano students' feet and play with the pedals. And she likes to take my pens. And she is just That's so funny. active. And I find myself like looking back and being like, man. I miss those days when I could just swaddle her up and stick her on the couch and leave her there. Like Like one set of challenges goes away, but new ones come in. Yes. (laughs) So I just, I don't know. I think it's funny because Adriana and I both struggle with like working, balancing work and babies, but it's like totally opposite challenges yeah and I see it like the week between Christmas and New Year's I had off of work so I was like so excited I'm like I'm gonna be the stay-at-home mom I'm here with him every day all day it's gonna be great yep and that's it I like got you know a taste of that where I'm like looking for like okay is it nap time yet and he would go to sleep yep. so I'd get on my laptop and try to get some work done and oh crap he's yep. awake it's time to eat again and you just like you're going a million miles oh, yeah. like you never have just a minute <laughs> yeah well and like also trying to do real estate, like all I need to do is look up a few houses and send one email. And if I was focused, it could take me like 20, 30 minutes tops. But because I have her like crawling at my feet and just constantly needing things, it like takes hours sometimes. (laughs) And it's so frustrating because I'm like, 
I literally just need to focus for five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Working at home is not not my favorite. And that's but. kind of why I think I like not always working at home. Like I like being able to go to my office and dedicate that time. Yeah. And like it, just have no distractions as far as kids go. Because yeah, yeah, working at home is it's like way more stressful. And even like if I do have to work at home for Utah Tech, like I can't get yeah. near as much done because I'm too focused on Quinn and everything that's going yep. on. Just this last week, I decided that my favorite type of work is going out to show houses because I can leave the baby home with Tanner and he gets to be a stay-at-home dad and I get to go (laughs) be the one that works. (laughs) And I get to drive in the car all by myself without a baby and I don't have to have a diaper bag with me. I just have my phone and my keys and it's like the greatest thing ever. It is so nice. Like you almost feel like evil, like... Oh yeah, giving that like leaving them with oh, your yeah. husband, like haha, you don't un- you don't quite know what's going on. Yep, you finally get a taste. <laughs> yeah, I before we had Quinn, we knew what our schedule would be like, but Adam gets done at eleven a.m. on Fridays, and I work till five p.m. So Fridays he has him pretty much the bulk of that the day in the afternoon, and so he gets to be Mister Mom mm-hmm. and. Like Fridays are enough for him. Like he's exhausted for the whole week after that. And I'm like, man, we're really good at this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's an adjustment for sure. Those babies are hard. One thing I wanted to ask Adriana was you said that you wished you had more advice from working like full-time working moms because you didn't really know anybody who was in that position. So now that you've been going through that for like a year, do you feel like you have advice for other moms who are in your situation? Like, have you have you figured some things out at least? Or like, you know, have things gotten easier? Or do you have anything that you would suggest for other moms who are about to, you know, start working full time? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I, like you said, I, I didn't know anybody that was a full time working mom. I feel like everyone I followed on Instagram, as soon as they had babies, they were stay at home moms or, you know, did part time work or worked at home, like still did work. Mm -hmm. But in that situation, not someone who like had an office job eight to five every day, didn't, you know, without their kids. And I just like knew like, that's what I was going to do. Like I had to do it. And not realizing like the feelings that I would go through all the time about it, which I already kind of mentioned the guilt Mm -hmm. because I see all these moms that are with their babies all day. And I'm like, man, am I like not being a good enough mom because I'm not there with him 24 seven. And like, I'm Mm -hmm. bonding him off to somebody else is kind of what I felt like here. You deal with the crying baby. I'm going to leave. And I don't know. I didn't ever like talk to anyone about how to navigate those feelings or how to feel like I'm still a good mom I'm still providing in a way like I had to remind myself like this is good I'm providing for us financially like I'm trying to set us up for a good future like I want him to have a good future um yeah and I don't know I I don't have any good advice besides just reminding yourself of the things you are doing rather than the things you are not doing for your child like you want to do your best you're still trying your best but I think I, for a while, I was so dwell, like focused on, I'm just, I'm not there for him enough. Like, does he know who I am? He's with this nanny more than me, I feel like. And I get home, he goes to bed. Yeah. Like, that's great. <laughs> and it was, it was tough for a while, but I, it's just, it's my routine now. I'm used to it. I love coming home to him. It's very exciting, but 
I had to really try to get my mind in check to make sure I was remembering, like, I'm doing enough. I'm doing my best. This will be good. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be glad for this, hopefully. I'm trying to set myself up to where I can stay home with my kids in the future. I would love to do that. Yeah, that's kind of but, one of the things that I reminded myself of when I was working when my kids were little. At that time, it was necessary for me to work, financially necessary, and and I felt so bad leaving the babies at home or with a babysitter or at daycare, and I realized that I was preparing for the future because, in my opinion, the babies aren't going to miss you as much as a grade school kid would miss you or a teenager would miss you, like babies can have their needs met by other people very easily. They, someone else can feed them. Someone else can change their diapers. Someone else can put them to sleep. Um, but if your fourth grader comes home from school and has a complete meltdown because their friends all broke up with them, that is not something that a, that a babysitter could take care of as well as a mother could, in my opinion. And so, um, I had to keep reminding myself that I'm doing this now when the babies are young and they're not going to remember that I took them to the babysitters and it's not going to matter, but what's, when it is going to matter, I'm going to be home. That was my decision. Yeah. No, that's a really good perspective. And that's kind of what I'm like hoping for. Like I, I think about that because I do have my own little business, you know, and I'm hoping we can get to a place where I like, it's not that I need to work, but I, I like the financial stability Mm -hmm. because I work and I like want to get to a place where I'm like, yeah, I could totally stay home. Like, especially when I have places to go with my kids, like, oh, I have to take him to kindergarten and I got to take so-and-so like when I have more to do, I feel like I won't go so stir crazy. (laughs) The the days I am home with him, I'm like, I'm just sitting here all day. Like, this is a lot. I like, you know, getting out yeah. and doing something else. Or, you know, you know, I can drop them off at kindergarten for a couple hours. I have a few hours to myself. This is great. Someone else is taking care of them. We're good. Like, I do look forward to that and hope that I can get to yeah. that point where I'll be home with my kids when they're older. And just like you said, like, they're going to want to come home and see their mom. Yeah. Okay, Adriana, one other thing that you mentioned was really difficult with working full time and having a baby was pumping. So <laughs> what what was that like for you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Before you start, I just have to say <laughs> that I did this too. Yeah. And I was at school. I had to go into a closet to pump oh while gosh. I was teaching. They didn't even have a mother's room at that oh time my gosh. for that oh to happen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is, so. It's the worst. But I asked when I was like reading some of the questions, I asked Adam, I was like, what do you think I complain about the most about being a mom? He's like, pumping. (laughs) So even he knows (laughs) that it has been a lot for me. And I it's funny because when I look back, I'm like, pumping is not that hard. It's really not like it's just a machine doing the work. Like, it's not that bad. No, but, but it's, it's so much more than just the physical Yeah, and that's act. it. It is so much more. Exactly. I think about it. I'm like, it's not that hard. Like, physically, it's not hard. It's the whole mental part of it. And it was so hard, especially at the very beginning, because I was just not very successful breastfeeding. 
And I knew I was going back to work like six weeks postpartum. And so I was like, I know I'm going to be pumping a lot anyways. And so I just ended up exclusively pumping and that's just how it worked out and it was fine. But, um, there were so many challenges that came with it. Initially, just the fear of like my supply. I was like, I think I was worried, like if I was breastfeeding, I would, you know, have a better supply because I'd be doing it on demand and, and that's, you know, how breastfeeding works. It's just supply and demand. And I feel like it would be better when you're pumping. Like you have to set such a strict schedule mm-hmm. or your body's not going to keep up. Yeah. And being at work, first of all, I didn't have an my own office at, when I first was hired. They were building one in, but it didn't even get put in until like August or something. Um, so for the first like six months of pumping – I had to like bring a little pumping bag to work that had some ice packs and bottles and my pumps and I'd have to go up and go to my coworker's office because she didn't use her office. So I'd have to go up the stairs, go into her office. Everyone knew what I was doing because I was walking in with my little pumping bag, which is just awkward. And <laughs> I'd have to go in there. Yeah. I'd pump for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I'd take my, I had to also lug my lap, laptop up there to make sure I could keep working. And then I would leave and I'd, you know, do that three times a day during my work shift. (laughs) And it was like hard, especially if, you know, a meeting was like going extra long or I was out somewhere else on campus and wasn't back at the office where my pumps were. And I was like stressed, like I have to get back. I have to pump like within the first few months, just because I was trying to get my supply up to keep up. So Mm -hmm. I was so stressed all the time, like about pumping, especially at work. And it was not like too embarrassing, but it still kind of was just like awkward to like, oh, hey, I got to go. You know, they see me go pick up my pumping bag and walk upstairs. Like, and I only had like one other, well, I work with other females, but only one other coworker who has like a three or four year old. So she's like the closest one that's ever had an experience like me recently. And so she's like the only one I would talk to. Like, you can come use my fridge in my office to store your milk. I'm like, it's fine. I'll use my ice packs. Like, just (laughs) so much that, you know, you just are so overwhelmed. And for the first or for about six months, I wasn't making enough per pump that my child was eating per feeding. So I would wake up in the middle Uh of the night every night and pump. And that just made me tired throughout the day because I was waking up and, you know, I'm looking over at my husband snoring, like being all bitter because I'm sitting up in yeah. bed pumping. Like you just, it, it just, it's a lot. And I'm currently weaning. So I'm very excited. <laughs> I am yes. trying to get off the pumps. I'm very, very close, which is just like a very relieving feeling, but yeah. I had a lot of struggles with it and I, it's not so bad now. I'm I'm obviously near the end, and so I feel okay. But looking back, it really was just some of the tough I'm times. I'm impressed of- that you um, have lasted almost a year with Yeah, with seriously, that, that, that really is super I impressive. I probably would have given up and just went to the formula. Yeah, you should be very proud of yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. I had a year goal to try and breastfeed, and since that didn't work out, I still just was like, oh, I'll make it to a year, and... I'm at 11 months and I'm almost, I'm pretty much done. So I was like, you know, in 11 months, 12 months, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done my time. But um, yeah, it was, I'm, I'm glad to be where I'm at. It's been a long year, but. Um, so my question would be, if you're having another child, would you try to breastfeed again? Yes, absolutely. I really want to. I feel like I would do a combo of like breastfeeding and pumping 
I mean, I feel like any breastfeeding mom still pumps. Yeah, still pumps. Some, yeah. That's when they need to, you know. That's what I did. And I I think I've talked about this before. I think it was my mom hack in in one of our questions in like a, one of our very beginning episodes. But the haka. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, the haka is like a suction for lack of better terms that's what yeah that's what i would say (laughs) and you stick it on and it catches all of your letdown while your baby's nursing on the other side and that was super awesome for me to get a freezer supply um which i needed because if i was teaching piano and she was hungry like obviously i can't just start breastfeeding in the middle of a piano lesson so i had to always have you know a freezer stash for that and so that was super awesome because I didn't actually have to use my electric pump for a very long time. I think I first started using it like on a road trip and I used, I plugged it into the car and used it. But oh my but for a long time, the Haka kept yeah, me stocked up. Yeah, I had up. like the LV version of the Haka that I would use for the first little while while I was trying to breastfeed yeah. and it was great. Yeah. One thing that I want to try with my next one though, I actually want to try an actual manual pump because... I do too. For real? Okay, tell me what you've heard about them because I haven't watched TikToks of people like quickly whipping out a manual pump like in the car. And it's so fast. Like two seconds. And I'm like, I'd have to sit there for 10 minutes with my (laughs) pumps on. And I have the the cordlet, like the LV pumps, the hands free Uh one. And so, like, they're easy pop them on you don't have to plug them in but still I was like I'd have to sit in my car for 10 minutes to get that much when they just pop out a hand pump and it's like literally two and a half minutes and they have all the- I'm like okay why did I not ever get one of those? I funny. thought you know my $500 yeah. pumps was enough <laughs> like I wouldn't want to use it all the time but I would totally like to have it just yeah on the I feel like it's good to have a variety because the haka I could only use when she was nursing like I would try and sometimes like manually like cause a letdown and it just never was successful and I would just end up really frustrated and then sometimes I like didn't want to be hooked up to a machine that's like plugged into the wall and so I I did some research and I was like okay next time I just have to get a manual hand pump because I feel like they're so much stronger they're so fast and you can just do it anywhere yeah. anytime and have milk I'm just so. laughing I'm just laughing because that's all I had was a hand pump like oh that is funny so do you feel like there was ever a point that it like got easier just just because from breastfeeding perspective I feel like there's a hump that you have to get over and for me I I feel like my experience with breastfeeding was fairly easy. Like she latched really well and she gained weight pretty steadily in the beginning. And like, I didn't really have a lot of issues outside of, you know, what's normal, like sore nipples and stuff. But it was just like awkward and just like not the yeah. funnest thing ever. Like it's not fun to be stuck on the couch for like 30 minutes at a time every two hours. And like you have to use both hands like it's not like I could even like be on my phone or like watching tv or something because I was like so focused on her and so I feel like around six months was when it was finally like oh this is super easy like this is way worth it like I'm glad I stuck this out because at that point she wasn't nursing as often and she was nursing really quickly so it was like 10 minutes every three or four hours and you know, she knew what she was doing. And so it just, at that point, I was like, man, I'm really glad I don't have to be dealing with bottles and, you know, pumps and everything. So with pumping, is it, 
was there a, a hump that you had to get over or did it just suck the whole time? Yeah, I I mean, well, <laughs> there was like a hump of sorts. I feel like it did get easier, but mostly just because I finally had like my set schedule. I just knew this, you know, I'd pump six, seven times a day at these specific times. I hated waking up in the night, but I just knew I had to do it. And it yeah. was fun. And I think it got a lot better once, like, he started eating solids. So, yeah, about six months because yeah. it wasn't as stressful. I was able to, like, focus more on solid foods and, and the breast milk rather than solely breast milk. Like, there was – it became easier just when I, like, finally accepted, like, this is my life. This is my schedule. But I also mm-hmm. just always looked forward to I cannot wait till I don't have to do this. Like the first thing I do when I wake up, last thing I do before I go to bed. Like I just hated, you know, wanting to go to sleep and being like, oh, I got to pump. And it was just a different mm-hmm. mental game. That's not like, oh, my kid's crying. He's hungry. I'm going to go feed him. It's like I already gave him a bottle, but oh, now I got to go pump because he just ate. And so I got to pump another bottle for the next time or whatever. Yeah. It just it was a lot more just on my brain to like get myself to do it because I didn't have the motivation of like, oh, he's right there crying and needs to eat. Mm-hmm. It was me forcing myself to do it to prepare for the next feeding or to try and, you know, stash up. Yeah. Well, I just think that breastfeeding for the first time with the first baby is just uncomfortable and awkward anyway. Yeah. And so I've whether you thought that before or whether you're breastfeeding, either way, having milk come out of your body that has to sustain another human <laughs> you, is just like you really feel like a cow it's stressful yes you do the milk produces. you totally feel like a cow whether it's breastfeeding or pumping it really is like oh my gosh i have to do this again i am a cow and yep. the toll it takes on your physical body not obviously just your poor nipples but like thinking about like I could go and just skip lunch some days. I'd be like, you know, I'll just eat when I'm home before I had a baby. I'd just be like, you know, I don't have time to eat. I'll be fine. And once I was pumping, I'm like, no, I have to eat. Like I have to keep drinking my water bottle. I have to keep doing this. Cause I was worried. Like, obviously if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to produce milk or I need to just, you know? And so I, it was a lot more on me too. I'm like, I have to take so much better care of myself and I can't just get meals and I can't just, you know, not have a water bottle with me at all times. Like, yeah, it's a lot more on you in that way too. Yeah. But it does get easier with more kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you're, it definitely <laughs> does. I mean, nobody even told me that I was going to have engorgement or like let down or I'd wake up or I'd take a shower and things would be squirting in all different directions. <laughs> like I didn't know that stuff. That's and one so- way to describe it. I was like, oh my gosh, why do I not know this? My mom had eight children. How come we didn't talk about this? But um, I also had some, (laughs) I also had some friends who um, should have told me that too. But anyway, it does get better. um, Except that with breastfeeding subsequent children, you um, get your uterus starts to go back to normal and you feel it more when you're breastfeeding it actually starts to cramp yeah and so I heard that. my mom always my mom always said by her eighth child she was dying with the cramping but then like I felt it a little bit on my fourth so 
it was, and it's only, sh- it's short lived. I think it might last like a week or something, but yeah, it still is like, oh, wow, that's a new f- sensation that I haven't felt before. But yeah, those are the joys. At oh, least yeah. we can feed our babies and be grateful for it. I was going to say, I, my husband was totally joking. At least I, I'm telling myself he was. He was like, oh, what, you know, should we have another baby? And I'm like, hold on. You need to realize I have not had my body to myself for almost two years now. I was pregnant with <laughs> a child and, I, you know, breastfeeding or pumping for this child. Like, once I'm done pumping, I need a solid year at least yeah. <laughs> before I have any other thing <laughs> taking over my body again. Like, give me a break and I'll think about it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That totally makes sense. Like, you just need your back for some time my sister-in-law always said to my brother when he asked about having another child she'd always be like you know what that's between me and the lord i'll let you know when i need your help (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny i thought it was pretty funny too i told my husband it's my choice this time when i'm gonna stop taking my birth control there you go all right are we ready for the last question yeah All right. What advice would you give your former self about becoming a mother? I thought so much about this question. I don't know why it was so difficult for me. But ultimately, the advice if I were to talk to my former self would just to be present. Because I feel like I spend so much time thinking about the past or, you know, waiting for the future or wanting the future to be here now or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. But obviously, I'm only here in this moment right now. Like, this is exactly where I am. And this is what matters the most because I can control what's happening right now. I can't quite control the past. I can't quite control the future. But Mm -hmm. like, this is where I am. And this is um, where I need to be. And I feel like my kids will be happy knowing that their mom is like present with them. Like, I'm in the moment with them and I'm not dwelling on too many other things. And I think that helps to reduce the mom guilt too. Yeah. If you know that you're being present, then it doesn't matter what other things you're doing. If you're being present with your baby right now, then that's all that matters. I think we just always think too much about what we don't have or we want what we don't have now. And even as a mom, you know, you miss Mm -hmm. what it was like before you had kids or you're excited for when they get to a certain age and you have some time back to yourself or, you know, whatever it might be. But I'm like, I just need to be here now because obviously everyone tells you you're going to look back and you'll miss this time. And if you were if your mind was always somewhere else, like you're not even going to remember it or you won't have those memories. I'm just trying to embrace everything as it is now. All the good and the bad, because they're all going to be such great stories and it'll be fine and I'll miss it and I'll want it back. And so (laughs) if I could just take the moment and I, you know, I'll be happier that way. And my kids hopefully will be happier. Great. Yeah. Good advice. That's awesome. I really like that advice. I need to remember that sometimes. I know. I that's my advice to myself. I shouldn't be giving it because I need it, but (laughs) (laughs) we're all still working on everything that we want to advise ourselves. That's the whole thing. Like no one knows what the heck is going on, and we're all just trying and talking to each other about 
Well, that's why we wanted yep. to do this podcast. So thank you so much for being yep. a part of it yep. and helping us understand the whole working mother, pumping mother yeah. situation that um, my entire personality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. We're really glad that you could be on the podcast and share all of your experiences. <laughs> thank you. My short 11 months of motherhood. It's been, it's been good. Thank you for letting me talk to you. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We hope you found inspiration for your own life. And hopefully we're as funny as we think we are. Find us on Instagram at the Motherful Podcast for updates on each episode.